unhappy families are happy in their unique way. But all dysfunctional families are unhappy for the same reason, power and control. Join me as I take you on my journey with a family system I've been working with. This is Mind Your Mornings with Anna Chandy, a fortnightly podcast that takes you on the journey to a brave new you. Episode 35 Hi and welcome to Mind Your Mornings. I am Anna Chandy, your host for this podcast. Over the last 27 years, I have engaged with more than a thousand people, both individuals and families. And through this podcast, I want to bring to you what I have learned about life and its nuances through the experiences of people I have interacted with. Over the last few years, I've been spending a lot of my time working with family systems. It started with multiple members of a family coming to me for therapy, and I used to see them all individually. Soon, I realized the biggest gap was the communication between them. So we started doing more sessions, sometimes individually, and often with two or three or all four members in the room. Working with family systems is very different from individual therapy and more complex than couples therapy. It requires the therapist to be the observer, mediator, and interpreter. But the most important trait for this kind of work is being non-partisan. If you drop your guard for even a moment, it is easy to become a part of the family politics and get triangulated into their issues. Among others, there is one particular family I've been working with for a while now. They're based in Mumbai and come with huge social and economic capital. The family runs an intergenerational business and is highly respected in their community and circles. They have two boys, let's call them Rahul and Nitin, both sons in their late 20s. There have always been issues between the mother and father. She comes from a disciplined system of order. He comes from a family with no boundaries. He finds her too strict, too stern, and blames his philandering on her. Rahul comes with his own emotional issues. At a young age, he was sent abroad to study and now he feels like a misfit in this family. He's tired of being the one who is wrong, the one who's blamed for everything. Through therapy, he has recently started developing his own identity, a sense of self which is separate from the family legacy and status. Nitin has a terrible temper, tends to break into fits of rage. After some time and some sessions, I suggested a psychiatrist. He was diagnosed 
with BPD, which is Borderline Personality Disorder. People with BPD tend to have periods of happiness when they feel alive and are at their best. But they also have periods of rage or sadness which can be difficult to manage. They usually come with trust issues and a lot of therapy work with them is to address these challenges. The father blames a lot of Nitin's rage on the mother. He believes she has mistreated him and the trauma is what he relives now. The family refuses to acknowledge and accept the diagnosis of BPD. Both parents are in their own way afraid of Nitin's rage. So a lot of decisions are made to pacify him when he is in that space. Now, a few characteristics define this family. One, there is inherent conflict between the parents' value systems, which results in them blaming the other for anything that the children do. Second, coming from privilege, status and money, they harbor a fundamental mistrust of the world. There is a nagging fear that someone will take advantage of them. Because of this, the family members have failed to form healthy attachments with one another and are also unable to be authentic with each other. This extends to people outside the family who genuinely care about them. Often, the only time when they speak openly is in the therapy room. The underlying theme in any dysfunction system is the need for power and control. Here is how unhealthy family systems work. There is usually one psychological leader. This person holds the power in the family. They follow what I call information asymmetry. They share some information with one person, some with another. Through this, they can push people against each other and hold on to the psychological power. This intricate weave is what causes disharmony in the family. In this family, the psychological power rests with the father. He's the controller of all the money. He is also a serial gaslighter, always on the lookout for a scapegoat. Usually the mother or Rahul are made the scapegoats. This is aided by Nitin. When Nitin is in a fit of rage, the father pairs up with him and between them, the entire blame rests on Rahul. In my sessions, Nitin has tried to involve me into the family issues. This is normal. Often, clients try to bring you into a situation to feel validated or to feel right about themselves. As a therapist, my duty lies in minimizing and mediating conflict by maintaining my distance as an observer. Now, recently there's been a shift in the family status quo. Rahul is becoming more empowered. He has started drawing boundaries around himself. He has started taking charge of his own life. He is no longer receding power to the father or giving in to the rage of Nitin. He is even willing to step away from the family business. This individuality is perceived threat for the father. Money has been 
his greatest control mechanism so far. But Rahul is rejecting it. He knows he's losing his psychological power in the house. And he does not want to lose social control. This is a crisis for him, a change in the dysfunctional system built over the years. He believes therapy has empowered Rahul. So all the rage is now directed at Rahul. Both the father and Nitin see Rahul as a threat to the status quo. But the anger is not only towards Rahul. It also is directed at therapy and the therapist. The children are already caught in their parents' game and now I was forced into their crossfire. It has gone beyond the immediate family. It has become about taking sides. Despite standing on neutral ground, I am strolly trying to be dragged into the dirty politics of the family. And here is where I believe my years of practice and my own therapy come into play. Instead of ignoring the situation or letting it slide, I decided to have an open confrontation with the family. In this situation, I chose my authenticity over the need to ensure that I have these clients. Being called partisan was not something I was willing to tolerate. Ethics are my foundation and the principles I hold myself very closely to. Open communication means being authentic, which means you are at the risk of losing a relationship. But I do not want to live in a world where I can't be authentic all the time. As Dr. Gabor Marti says, don't look for attachment where it is not available. If it's not available from your family of origin, then that is how it is. Accept that pain, it hurts. Accept the pain and don't put energy into making it any different now. Move on. Working with families is never easy. Power dynamics play a key role, silently sitting in the room in every session. There are games being played, passing the buck, and the therapist has to be tuned into every interaction to pick up the subtle cues at play unconsciously. To manage this without getting caught in the structure, it is a feat in itself. And I admire every therapist and counselor who works with families while remaining true to their ethics of practice. Next fortnight, I will be talking to you about yet another interesting topic. If you have any particular theme that you would like us to talk about, please write into anna at annachandy.com and I will address it in the coming fortnight. Thank you for listening to Mind Your Mornings with me, Anna Chandy. I will see you in a fortnight with another exciting discovery into the mind and the meanings we make. You can subscribe to us on Apple or Spotify to Mind Your Mornings. This is Mind Your Mornings with Anna Chandy, a fortnightly podcast that takes you on the journey to a brave new you.